1: Hi everyone, it's Natalie Jean, it's Nathalie Jean, yes, it's Chatting with Nat, and today we have the incredible indie lyricist and songwriter, Michael Peloso. Michael Peloso is a successful indie lyricist and songwriter, co-writing singles for artists such as moi, Natalie Jean, Christina Godet, Cassie Sanborn, and De- Dennis Psy. Michael is the creative force behind his side project, Four Simple Notes. Their single Checking Out was released in 2019. So let's give a round of applause to Michael Palazzo. Hi,
2: everybody.
1: Hi, Michael. How are you?
2: Good. How you doing? I'm
1: still alive.
2: <laughs> that's that. That's all that matters. We keep going. Keep going.
1: I mean, it's just
2: crazy. Uh, yeah, lots a lot of nut, a lot of nutty things in the world going on right now. Um, too many things. Too exhausting. Believe it or not, to keep up. It's
1: just uh, you can't keep up with the variants. You can't keep up with the mandate. You can't keep up with the rules. You can't keep up with anything except for we know that we're, we're you know, some of us, we're wearing masks. We just know that there's a pandemic and the world is upside down.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. It's inconsistencies, I think, that's causing some of the problems, too, because it's you don't know what to do from an hour to the next, you know. And it's just, you know, that's confusing part, too. But I just hope, you know, we get back to what – we all deem was normal at some point, you know, soon, you know, too many people are getting sick. It's, it's just, you know, like I said, it's, it's sad because humans shouldn't be living this way. We shouldn't be. So hopefully
1: right. they fix it. I agree with you. We shouldn't be living like this. I, I, I think the thing though, is that the pandemic, you know, opened the eyes of many people in this world. Um, so, um, one of the things that I like to discuss is, you know, what people were thinking during this time. And, you know, um, what I noticed and what became clear to me is that people really thought about how they wanted to be perceived in this lifetime um, because the pandemic, allowed for a lot of self-reflection, um, no matter what art or business that you're in, you know, I have a couple of friends that decided to quit their job because they weren't very happy. I, I did. Um, and because, uh, you know, after having COVID, all that, thanks to your personality. Um, then, you know, there's people that decided, whoa, you know, I need to take back, take take some hours away from work because I haven't been spending time with my family and I'm missing out on a lot of things. Um, the pandemic obviously was really bad because a lot of people died, but on the flip side, you (laughs) also have climate change. You know, the, the animals were like, whoa, what's this? We can breathe. We can go outside. Mother Nature was like, oh, I can handle this. This is, this is bad, but at the same time, oh, my God, that feels so good. Um, you know, I saw more and more families walking outside together than ever before. Um, and especially as uh, artists, you know, there's so, so many things that we have to think about while we're doing our artistry, um, lyricists, songs, singer-songwriters, performers, about who we want to be perceived as writers or artists and stuff like that. You know, one person that decided to rebrand her whole thing, took all her music down and decided to do something totally different. Um, I noticed more people trying to be more effective player, uh, people um, trying to do more social impact message songs. So during this time, did you take the time to really think about what kind of songwriter that you wanted to be or do you want to remain the same? What is it that you want to do?
2: Right. Yeah. For me, it was like I said. It actually turned out to be a blessing. You know, it was. Um, you know, you were. I've said it in a couple other interviews. You were always the one to push me to say, "Yeah, you know, you know, you should do your own." Right. You, you were saying oh, at least once, "Do it. Go, go ahead and do it." And I told you. You know, we talked, and I toyed with the idea for so long back and forth because, you know, I'm I'm comfortable being behind the scenes. But, you know, this time it allowed and I had a lot to say. And,
0: right.
2: you know, the past couple of years were not easy. The last decade was not easy. Yeah. And I just, you know, I wanted it to be I wanted something for the if I was going to do it, I wanted it to be the message being clear that people can relate to things that we went through and things that I went through and and everybody's situation's different. It's right. um I don't demean what someone's going through because that's your problem, you know? Right. Some people might say, Oh, that's just that and somebody always has it worse than you Well, we also don't want to be the last guy in the line who has it worse than everybody, right? right? But so what's important to you and what's affecting you, that's important to you. And so so I just basically wanted to take what I went through And, you know, share it with the lyrics and with the music and just have some sort of message that maybe someone, somebody out there can relate to something and know that there's hope and know that, you know, they can, there's, believe it or not, there's always another day. The next hour from now is another hour. It's, it's different. It may be a Hallmark story. It may be, you know, cliche to say, but tomorrow is another day and, you know, and we need to keep believing and we need to keep going, no matter what it is, no matter what we're going through, you know, and always continue to fight and always continue to live. And, you know, and a part of it, too, was questions of, you know, I touched on it, too, but, you know, what I dealt with and health-wise and, you yes. know, relationship-wise, unfortunately. And, you know, and then you start questioning, even during that time, you know, I questioned things about life and, mm-hmm. you know... What's going on here? You know, there's a bigger plan out there that we sometimes don't see. And I just wanted, you know, I wanted to get that message across. And I think I did. (laughs) You know, I hope someone, you know, folks will relate to it and that, you know, they get the message. And maybe, you know, one or two people, if they hear it and say, you know what, I'm not alone. And I can do it, too. If he can do it, I can do it.
1: Now, what was it? You know, what was the moment where you were like, whoa, music is something that I want to get involved in? Was it something that you saw, you heard?
2: What was it that gave you that aha moment? Well, the aha moment started very young. I was, um, I've said this before, the first album i ever bought with my own money you know my own little you know my dad giving me my allowance was now I'm dating myself was Ario Speedwagon's High and Fidelity back in 1980 and it was just this pop huge start of like the arena rocks with the journeys and the sticks and that era you know the era and it was just just the power chords to the melodies just hit and I ran and got this album and I went home and I studied I mean, I studied the back the linear notes better than no. I did in school. I mean I knew who engineered it, to who sang backup vocals, to everything and it just you know, the messages just just hit. So I started writing when I was young and I just mm-hmm. but I was always believe it or not, I was always very shy and not comfortable with my work. And I was very insecure about it. I just didn't think and I'm one of my biggest critics. I don't think, you know, if there's something I don't like, I don't show anyone. Even though someone else might say it's great, to me it's not. So I kept it for a very long time and you know, I wrote I wrote for tons and tons of things. I mean, if I look back, I wouldn't um I wouldn't look at a lot of them now and be I'd be like, oh, "What is this?" But then I, you know, I kind of put it on the back burner for a while because just things weren't happening, but I continued to write and write. And then, you know, I, I, believe it or not, one day I, I just said again, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it now. And I don't know if it was maturity, uh, you know, or just finally coming into my own, I guess, you know, as a late bloomer. or, or And I just said, you know, I'm going to do it. And I just started to writing again, started getting practicing again, started writing melodies again and lyrics and the lyrics just started coming easy to me again. And I guess it had to do with, I, I think it's a maturity level because what I write about now are just, you know, I had a, I have a lot more life experiences to talk about right. and I just decided to, and then, you know, started reaching out and seeing if anyone wanted to, and then you know, you and I wrote Please Don't together. And, you know, it just started from there, and it's just kept flowing. It hasn't stopped. So I kind of, you know, like I said, I had a, I had several aha moments when I was young and then in my late, you know, late 30s, where I just, mid to late 30s, where I said, I'm going to do this again. Right. And I just said, you know, why not? And it's good that, you know, I, I didn't, but like I said, I've always kept it going. I never... There was never a day, there's never a day where I don't write something in my life, whether it's a lyric, whether it's one line, whether it's a melody in my head that I'm hearing. I just, you know, I constantly do it. And it's a good thing because it's almost like practice where you just don't stop. And I never stopped doing it. And I never, I always had that desire, I always kept that hunger. Even if I didn't do it, it was always in my mind that, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. And I finally, like I said, I finally got mature, you know, it was maturity level and it was just things in life and it just happened. And I think,
1: you know what, when you're ready to do something, you do it.
2: Um. Yeah. And I say that there's never, there's never a, never put a time limit on right. your goals and you can always reinvent yourself in life. There you're never too old to reinvent yourself. And, that, that that's something people should keep in mind because you're going to always have doubters. The doubters yeah. are going to outweigh the supporters every time. And mm-hmm. if you listen to... The doubters, nothing's ever going to get completed. I say, you know, you can go back to the. Ca- I've said, you know, you can go back to the cavemen. There's some guy rubbing two sticks together, and I guarantee there's about twelve other cavemen laughing at him. And next thing mm-hmm. you know, we have fire, right? So, right. you know, if had he listened, we never would have been here. But
0: exactly.
2: you know, that's 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 the case. So you got to keep going and believe in yourself, like believe in you.
1: Amen. Amen to that. Now, how important is it for you to be? An extremely authentic um lyricist songwriter, I know that uh you've been through a lot in the past decade, um especially with the cancer and epilepsy um so how important is it for you to be authentic and how do you deal with you know with the cancer the epilepsy with in regards to your songwriting okay you so
2: yeah i believe I believe authenticity is incredibly important now it doesn't necessarily mean that everything i've written is autobiographical but but it could be i could tell i can maybe tell someone's story who can't tell that story that way or if i hear something and i say okay and i believe it shows in my writing i write uh, i've told a lot of times my songs are from the heart and they're from who i am and i'm I'm authentic to the bone and sometimes to a fault, I think, because Mm -hmm. I've always said I've always honest. And that's what I believe my lyrics are. They're very honest lyrics. And there's things that I've experienced. And I'm a writer who cannot write unless it's something I've experienced,
0: Mm. I feel,
2: um, for me. And... So to tie what I've been through, yeah, I've tried to change it metaphorically on certain things. On, you know, where it's a, it doesn't necessarily, everything, every, you listen to any song, any pop song, any, everybody can attune it to a relationship. But, yeah. you know, you, you can play it for a million people and it's a million different, I, uh, you know, people have a million different things that they think the song is about. And that's the beauty of a song because it's yours you give it to the audience and it's yours. And I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with writing saying, Hey, I'm skipping, laughing, going down the street. And that's right. what it means. You know, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the Beatles made, made millions doing that. Right. But right. Um, you know, I want to hold your hand, which meant I want to hold your hand. There was nothing hidden behind that.
0: Right. So,
2: you know, but for me, yeah, there was a lot of things that went on and it's just, you know, from me. And like I said, I'm honest to a point where it's, you know, even if I look bad, I'm still like, hey, I did it. You know, and it's like there's nothing yeah. to hide here. Like like what you see is what you get. So for me, like I said, you know, it's very authentic what I write about. I write about my experiences, and I hope that, you know, it translates to someone else and, and transcends and says, hey, you know, I'm going through that too. or I'm going through something similar. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not alone.
1: Amen to that. So we're going to play the first song here, Night Run. Tell us what that's about.
2: Okay. Coming from me, you know, it's, this is actually about chasing a dream. Whatever Mm. that dream is, it's, you know, um, going out there. I want to get out there. I want to put myself out there. I want to, you know, hey, here I am, world. I'm here. And I'm going out and I'm chasing it. And whatever that dream is. And that's what this is about And it's a track that's Completely different than the rest of the album And it had a um, I wanted a When I was doing it, I wanted a Quote-unquote like a Nile Rodgers Slash Duran Duran Era feel to it Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: this is kind of where it came about And the two guitarists My buddy Sal, who I've written with before And Susana Vasquez Came up, she plays that whammy Nile Rodgers guitar beat and he came in and I said I wanted like a dirty guitar sound the top of it and he kind of came in and did that over and that's what this song is about it's about just chasing your dreams and going after whatever it is
1: amen we all need to do that all right let's play night
2: mix there and it's yeah it's like i said it's one of the different songs i've done so you know
1: yeah, well, uh, i'm very I, proud of it
2: i think it's a and track
1: yep it is a and track um what is your writing process like like for me um i will take yeah I, I still write on paper and um and the screen also i i will just throw a bunch of words that i normally i have a theme i have an idea of what I'd like to write about, but then it's just going about writing the song. Also, will throw a uh, bunch of words on the screen or the paper, and I like to start out with a chorus and work around that. Sometimes that doesn't work either, but just to sidestep a little bit, at the JMAs, I did their songwriter session. It was really interesting. Country music is a stickler for rhyming. It was really interesting, this, and they were like, you can't use this word again, you can't use that word again, and then it, 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 it was fascinating to me because you know i like to do what i want to do with my songs sometimes i'll right. start out rhyming and then i'll end up not rhyming at the end and stuff like that but it, it was just interesting to see how you write a traditional country song and everybody had their own ideas but we worked really well together so how do you go about um writing a particular song because you're you're like me you're you're a multi-genre i think um so you have many different ideas
2: that that's a good question because there's sometimes I don't know where it comes from mm. if that makes any sort of sense yeah, yeah. now you know there there's times where a lot of times for me I'll if I hear a melody in my head I'll hum it per se and then I'll get like for night run I for like a song called make a wish on there I had mm. I had the melody where it was like no, nah, na na Na, 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 And I just came up with Make-A-Wish-Believe, and it just hit, and then everything flowed. And a lot of times I notice is that once I get that first line, whatever right. it is, it all flows. Right. And I try not to rush things. And I've taken – I've learned t- – I've read the Neil Young interview one time where he basically said, if it's not working, go mow the lawn or something. Mm-hmm. And then come back. So where it because it doesn't sound forced. Yeah. Now when I write and I do it, I could sing it in my head, and maybe I'll give it to you, and then you sing it, and it's it, I don't like it because I don't like the line I've written. So what I'll do is I'll go back, and I'll never be like offended, be like, oh, she doesn't like it, or he doesn't like that line, or this that. I they're they're just words sometimes, and I just keep that line because I never know, I might use it somewhere down the line five years from now. But for me, I try to start out with the verses first, unless I have a chorus. I mean, I try to do your typical verse, tell its story, tell its beginning story, come in with the chorus, you know, get that second verse in, and then the bridge to tie everything together at the end. I mean, so it's the standard, how do you do? But again, you know, to be honest, there are no rules to me in songwriting. I mean, because you look at bands like Yes, who were way out there and there were times they didn't rhyme at all but their yeah. sto- their songs were very powerful especially on the progressive rock side so you know to me it's about the story and what you want to get across yeah. but are there rules sometimes no i don't think there are i mean that's that's the beauty of it because you could turn anything into i mean you have, like i said you have your standard structure especially for a pop mm-hmm. song you know you have your chorus and sometimes i i try to stick with you know, a, either a longer verse, shorter chorus, or a short right. verse, longer chorus. Just just as a structure. I mean, there is a basic outline to follow. But for me, like I said, there's times I can't explain it where it just comes. I mean, right. and it hits me in waves, and I don't know where it's come from. I mean, clearly it's coming from somewhere, but right. I can't explain it sometimes.
1: No, I get that... Um just the other day, uh, I was working with these, um, with these people, producers from Florida, And um, I've been like, oh my God, I've got to write this song. I've got I to gotta write these lyrics. And then I sat down. Well, a week before that, I had jotted some words on, in a notebook and stuff like that. And I sat down and then I just took the words and I started. And then within 30 minutes, I had written the song which is not very normal for me because I will sit and stare at stuff for the longest time and just pull my hair out and say, okay, why aren't the words coming? But when it does happen like that, it's because it's supposed to come out. So I understand uh, where you're coming from when things just flow. I think that when that happens, it's like, okay, you're supposed to release this song. This song is supposed to, you know, help somebody out there um, in this world. So I, I truly understand that. Now, if you could write with anyone or have somebody perform your songs, who would that be? Dead, alive, whatever.
2: Yeah, do you have like three hours? <laughs> um, oh God, there's so many. I mean, to choose, Carol King would be one. Mm. Um, I would love to write something with Carol King. I would love Stevie Nicks to sing one of my songs, or Annie Lennox, or. I mean, so many. I mean, Sting writes his own, so that's not going to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. Darius Rucker, I'd love for him to sing. He's one of those, you know, uh, like I said, Kate Bush I loved back in the day mm-hmm. in the 80s. You know, and it's just, I mean, the the list is, I would, I would just be honored to, to anyone on that level. But if you ask me right now, one of my favorite songwriters, I mean, Tom Waits, mm-hmm. between Tom Waits and Carole King and Stevie Nicks would be the three for me. I I mean, my favorite song of all time is I Hope I Don't Fall in Love with You by Tom
0: Waits. Mm -hmm. I think it's just,
2: it's my favorite song of all time. So, yeah, if I could get any of those three, I would, you know, I'd I'd probably faint. You know, you'd have to, like, wake me up. <laughs> you no, know, but it's but definitely without a doubt. I mean, you know, or Lionel Richie, even Lionel Richie, because he writes just he wrote so yeah. many songs that were just. I mean, they're ballads to whatever. I mean, they're just amazingly crafted songs. Like I said, the list is a lot longer than the list of who I wouldn't want to work with. You know, right. Right,
1: but yeah, I mean, you have some really good choices. We're going to play What You Do. Tell me what that's about.
2: You know, I just wanted, you know, I needed one more song for the album, and it's uh, near the end. I wanted an upbeat song, and it's basically just this, you know, happy-go-lucky love song of, you know, you see someone, and that's they, they're all that matters to you, whatever it is. Like, even the line, like, you're in this crowded street, but you just see this person, and – you know for a woman he or she and it's just you want to give her everything like on my perspective you want to give her everything you can or give everything of yourself and it's just this catchy three-minute you know love song and an ode to someone how you just want to be with this person and you're you know she's kind of a little hesitant but then you're like hey you know i'm here yeah. and that's what this is about and nathan naisby who's out of saskatchewan did a Wonderful job I mean within a day He had the vocals He's such a great voice
1: Alrighty Let's play it
0: Let's play it Lying in my bed Can't get you out.
2: One ended. Yeah, like Bonnie, you know, you don't hear too many saxophones anymore. So I wanted a, right. uh, I wanted to get one in. That's Douglas Lear on sax, and he, a tremendous player, and it just, you know, came through. And yeah, I wanted a sax. I wanted a little ode to a little, you know, a little older but still modern, you know, type feel. And you know, it's a, it's a it's a feel good song. And I hope you know, when someone listens to it, they feel good about you know a relationship or someone they've. They're with and they're you know who they want to be with. Right now, what do
1: you think about? Now this is a loaded question. The state of music, <laughs> um, the music industry, I think has become a lot harder, and at the same time, come uh, a lot easy. Because back in the day, you couldn't just say, "Okay, I'm going to record a song, and it'll be uploaded to so many platforms." You There's so many, there were so many hoops that you had to jump through just to be seen and heard. So if we're in the artist right now, you know, we're seen and heard, we can put out what we want, da, da, da blah, 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 it goes out there. But what's bad is that when we get these these our, our songs on these platforms, we're not really making money. I mean, all the investment that we put in to create these songs, and we're getting half the cent back, which is totally ridiculous. Sure. I've seen the many articles about Spotify and uh, the, the creator of Spotify and how he complains about independent artists um, He's an asshole. But, uh, yeah, no, you, know, you could say he's, he's worth yeah, how many we, billion. So. And, and, but I understand the whole dynamic of being on streaming platforms. I actually like streaming platforms because it's so much easier if somebody says, oh, let me hear your music, you can just give it to them. There's so many different right. things about being on these platforms that is fantastic, and then the, the bad part about the streaming platform is obviously what we get paid. The great part about being on platforms is that – um you know, new people can discover you. Because I've been discovered by many people on these uh, streaming platforms. Uh, So what do you you think about this whole streaming business? And how do we get people to actually buy our music?
2: Yeah, it's a catch-22, right? Because we want to be heard, but then we're also being priced out of making music. right? Because just the rate, you know, the return of interest is, you know, investment is not, um, it's not as great. So you're, you hear a lot of less and less, but I mean, first it's got to start with the rates. The rates have to be somewhat high. You can't pay less than three tenths of a penny or whatever right. it is and expect anything because you're going to need, you're going to need what? Seven billion streams, which rarely happens. Now, like, like the, the beauty of it is yes, we can get it out there. At any point, at any time, you know, it's there, it's accessible. There's so many platforms now. The, the tough part, too, is nowadays with technology, there's so many other things that interest people.
0: Remember right.
2: Growing up, you really had, there was no, I mean, cable TV didn't hit until 81 for me, right? So you didn't have, you basically had 12 channels on TV right. and you had the radio. Or you had that album, and that's what you had. You didn't have, you know, all these other things: these Netflix, to this, to that, to the social media in general, which is good. So, you know, it's another piece of the pie that's being taken away. So, right. but, you know, I mean, to get it out there is wonderful. We just, you know, there has to be there has to be a better system in place, and I think I think the record companies, and I think things in general, you know the rights organizations missed the boat and I get it for a record company. Listen, for every Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen that they've invested in, mm-hmm. there's, there's like 500 Taylor Joneses and Bruce Smiths, right? I mean, yeah. that just went nowhere, you know, and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and I get it. And there's certain bands that basically floated record labels for years. They've had that one big album and it covered them. Right. Um, I mean, Atlantic Re- Records was covered in the 90s by Hootie and Matchbox 20. I mean, they basically right. kept Atlantic afloat. But, you know, it has to start with the rates. I mean, you, can't, you cannot do that. And it's so saturated, even radio. I mean, serious radio, regular radio. I mean, AAA still will play a new artist. They will try to, and smaller markets will. If you're not given a chance, a fair chance, that's all anyone asks is that, hey, you you give give an artist a fair chance to listen. And there's no Mm -hmm. artist development anymore. It it just isn't. I mean, you don't hit right away. No one cares. And I don't know if that's just the public has a lower attention span. You know, everybody wants everything instantly nowadays. It has to be right away. And, you know, and they don't realize what goes into it, even, you know, that he, he, he is, you know, Spotify's like the biggest, you know, streaming service. Now it's, I think it's past Apple and it pays the right. least. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it's basically, it's, it's in a way it's slave labor and you're, you know, you're going to get someone who's going to say, well, you don't have to create then. Well, that's, that's because imagine a world, imagine a TV show without music. Imagine, you, imagine Star a Star Wars movie without John Williams' score. Amen. Right? Yeah, I mean, yes. so you do need that. And when we were in a pandemic, you know, the <laughs> were important. That's right. So, That's- I mean, I think they got to start with the rates, and you know, there, there's just got to be a better system for it. I mean, I'm not up there, but we can get lawyers involved, and you get. You know, like right. I said, the guy from Spotify said you should be producing more music to get it. Why? To make you richer?
0: Exactly. You know,
2: I mean, that's what comes down to. And I get it. There has to be a fair balance. I'm not saying you have to get $3 on a stream, I, but less than a penny. I mean, come on. No. I agree. I mean, you can't be saying that with a straight face is...
1: We did you know,
2: he's going to... What happens is when someone gets too big... And you know what? Then they eat themselves. Exactly. And that's what might happen one day with Spotify.
1: True.
2: I agree with you. And I also think that back in the older days, when you had a CD or you had a physical CD or an album, it was a work of art, right? Mm -hmm. You looked for that album cover and you you saw the artwork and you saw these things. Now with digital, in a way to me, it's – I don't know. There's no – I guess I, 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 like a connection sometimes, you know, because yeah. you want to see, though you want to read the lyrics, or you want to see who who's singing back up, or who played the who played the drums, or
0: who right. produced
2: this, or and where was it? And you don't have that with digital.
0: Nope, you do so I mean,
2: like I said, there's it's a catch twenty two because yeah. accessibility, it's there, and it gives us, and the beauty of it is, it does give independent artists the exposure they can you get on a playlist somewhere someone discovers you yeah. that's great because you wouldn't have it in the old days unless you were on a label right so exactly. like i said but the rate it starts with the rates it, it just has to be especially uh, because you have advertising
1: so yeah and and spotify right now they're they're trying to you know and apple music and a lot of the platforms are trying to make sure that people actually know who the people are on the other side of the music, like the producers, the singers, the songwriters, um, everybody that worked on it, because now you can look at the credits on there. Um, but still, they need to, no, I agree with you. They still need to, they still need to work on this and pay us more. Yeah, they have now, to
2: support indie artists, because the indie artists, believe it, there's so much great music out there that yeah. you will, that people will never hear.
1: Exactly. And it's so...
2: 'Cause you you turn on Sirius Radio and I've said this. I'm just saying Bruce Springsteen. If Bruce Springsteen has his own channel, there's no reason that he should be played on Pop Rock's channel. Right. He has his own station. Pro Jam has their own station. You know? So like right. give it and I wish there was like an indie channel on Sirius Radio. Like a no. legitimate indie channel. Not a payola channel, like a legitimate like, right. hey, we're going to play it. And that's why the closest thing we have to it is AAA radio right. still. Hmm.
1: So we're going to play Rearview. Tell me what that's about.
2: Okay. Rearview is just in general about going through, you know, not necessarily tragedy, but going through certain life events that are very hard and you don't in that moment, you don't think that you're going to be able to, because you can't see it when you're in it. Right. And you don't think, how how in God's name am I going to get out of this? Like, how am I going to beat this? Or how am I going to, how are things going to get any better? Am I going to get better? and You know, are things just not going to, they're not going to be the same, but am I going to survive this? And then yes. you look at it after a year. or You look after it after a couple of years and you're, I came out of this and I surprised myself and there's no way of looking back anymore that that's gone for me. I went through it. I say each day is a page in a chapter of your life and each each year is a chap, full chapter.
0: Right. And
2: you, those chapters are closed now. I've read it. I've been there and now I'm focused on what's ahead of me and what I am in the moment. And you surprise yourself when you go through adversity you realize how strong you are and that you can do it and that's what this song is about, about hope that you will, whatever it is you're dealing with, that you're going to make it to the other side and sung beautifully by you by the way
0: thank you
1: very much here we go And the last couple of things that we have here, um, what is the one thing that you wish you had known before you got into the music industry?
2: Um, That's a good question. Um, Probably more the business side Mm
0: -hmm. of
2: it. Um, Mm -hmm. Learning right away would probably be, you know, it's just the business end and that there's a lot that goes on. You know that you need you need to be kind of a business person, right? In a way, and I'm, listen, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, so I'm, you know, I'm by by fault with street you know street smarts. I'm cautious about things, and I'm, you know, I I, I don't trust very easily all the time. But you know, it, it, that's basically like you need to watch your back and you need to watch things and protect yourself. And I I've learned that. You know, they do that. And also, you know, not to take everything, when I was younger, you know, take everything to heart. If someone would say, oh, I loved working with you. we got to work together, and then you never hear from them again. You know, younger it would be like, oh, you know, this jerk often, uh, you know, he didn't bother calling me back. Or, they, you know, they were just placating me or things of that nature. Now, to me, it's just, okay, the, you don't, you don't, you know, and I just move on, you know, because it, it's happened you know, a couple of years where they're like, some folks are like, yeah, we got to do this. And you start doing something and then you don't hear from them. So to me, it's like, okay, and just move on.
1: Got it. Now, is there a, what kind of quote message do you use, if you use any, um, to motivate you throughout the day, the year, the month, if you have any?
2: I mean, I just basically say, believe in you, Mm -hmm. believe in yourself. Right. Whatever it is that you do, always keep that belief, no matter how hard it is. And, and listen, nothing is easy. Tying your shoe isn't easy. But if you believe in yourself and believe you have that strength, never self-doubt yourself. Like, And even if it's a mistake, I say you make a mistake, you learn from everything. We learn from everything in life. And yes. everything's a lesson. And, you know, it's believe, believe in you means believe in yourself
1: Amen and never give
2: up. No matter what it is, don't ever give up.
1: Amen. Be true to who you are. Put out the music that you want and stay true to who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Michael Pelosa, thank you. It is always an honor to chat with you. It is always an honor to collaborate with you. Um you. Having you as a friend has been truly an honor. I thank God every day for you in my life. Um, you are an excellent, excellent, amazing, talented indie lyricist and songwriter. And everybody you, my should be working with Michael it. Peloso. Everybody should be working with Michael Peloso. So I said it again. <laughs> everybody should be working with Michael Peloso. If you want to work with him, you got to hit him up. Hit him up. You know, his website is up. mikepelosomusic.com. Find him. Or just Google Michael Peloso. You'll find him. He's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. But just hit him up because you're going to have some great lyrics and melodies and everything that you want. Thank you so much, Michael, for being on Chatting with Nat.
2: Thanks, Nat. I appreciate it. Love you, my friend.
1: Love you. Until next time, everybody, that was indie lyricist and songwriter Michael Peloso. He's amazing. He's just talented. He's just a good guy. So definitely go check him out. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard.